California. Be sure that you subscribe and like the NBA Lounge podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. Y'all know the rest and you know the deal, man. Let's already get up into the news and all that. I told y'all today is the day we discuss the Clippers. All podcasts but we got to get the other nba teams out the way we gotta get the wnba news out the way gotta get college basketball out the way we got to get all this other stuff out the way before we talk about of course the los angeles clippers yes that's how we're doing it today so let's jump right into it so to talking, 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 everybody. Let's go into uh, women's basketball, uh, co- college basketball, women's college basketball. Um, so I'm just going to hit you with some uh, quick headlines. I don't know if anybody's been watching. I have, again, basketball is filling up my time. I have no idea. It is. I have basketball coming out my ears, my eyes, every, it, it's ridiculous. No, no further display needed, but we got... Oh, just going. Through, hold on, just kind of organize my notes here, people. Give me, give me a minute. It's early here. It's early, but um, let's go with the top. Uh, they got the top ranked schools for women's college basketball up until this point. So we have Notre Dame at one, Connecticut at two, South Carolina three, Baylor four, Maryland five, Mississippi State six, Louisville seven, eight is Florida State, number nine Ohio State, ten UCLA. Oh look, LA got some love on the uh on the top ten uh twenty five schools and all that. So let's see, where else we got? Um kinda wanna go over the rebounds per game. So y'all know who these players are. I mean, I, I don't feel like I have to go over college. If you follow college basketball, you should you should know who these players are. You should know, you know, what what teams that you're following and all that. So uh because some of these stats really did uh I was fascinated. I'm talking, I'm really getting to these stats. So these stats, for instance, rebounds per game. Chantel Oshifor, Washington, 14 rebounds per game. Uh, Elena Coates, South Carolina, 12.8 rebounds per game. Um, Anrielle Howard, Texas A&M, 12.6 rebounds a game. Sheree Boner, Western Carolina, 12.5. Also tied at fourth is G. Manis, G. G. Maurice, excuse me, G. Maurice Davis from Fordham, 12.5 rebounds per game. Get that correct. And for assists per game. Uh, this is up until the 29th of November. So this these ranks are or these uh, stats are up until the 29th of November that I'm giving you. So the assists per game, we have uh, Curtis Knox, Texas A&M, uh, 8.8 assists per game. That that's not bad. I like that. Uh, we have Sharice Bain, uh, Bainin, Sharice Bainin from New Mexico, 8.6 uh, assists per game. We have Carmen Grande from 
uh, Ball State, 8.2 assists per game. We have Lindsey Allen from Notre Dame, 7.7. And we also have um, Yaiza Rodriguez from Boise State at 7.6 assists per game. And now let's get into the points per game. We have Kelsey Plum from Washington, 29.9 points per game. Damn, 29.9. That is killing the game. Kelsey Plum from Washington, 29.9. Do work, Kelsey Plum. Do work. Uh, you got Hannah Plyburn, uh from Akron, 27 uh, points per game. You have uh, Katija. Ooh, I'm, I don't want to jack this name up. Katija. It's, it's not like Khadija from Living Single. So Katija Laksa from South Florida at 25. I want to get it right because you're scoring 25.3 points per game. So you, I got to get that name right for real. <laughs> uh, Jackie Benetis, uh from Siena, 24.3. Also tied at fourth is uh, Jeannie Sims for Old Dominion, 23.4. And we have uh, Larissa Lurkin from Kent State at 23.4. But um, also what I wanted to also give you was uh, the coaches poll for the uh, women's basketball. So this was the ranks of the coaches poll according to USA Today. Notre Dame was number one. Connecticut is number two. Uh, South Carolina is number three. Baylor's number four. Maryland's number five. Shout out to my alma mater. Uh, number six is Mississippi State. Number seven is Louisville. Eight is Florida State. Nine is UCLA. Ten is o Ohio State. So we got some uh, UCLA love at number nine. And, of course, the alma mater, Maryland, uh, at number five. So that's what's up. You know, shout out to the, you know, Women's basketball, of course, you know, shout out to Maryland, you know, women's Maryland basketball team and the men's Maryland, you know, alma mater. Shout out to the Air Force as well. You know, I support Air Force basketball and Air Force um, uh, sports, uh, which I don't really. Here's the thing. When when I was in the military in the Air Force, you know, some years back, AFN really didn't play that many games. They played a gang of commercials. I mean, there's commercials out the yin yang. But they rarely played a lot of games on AFN. But when they did play, it was it was like, you know, it wasn't a huge deal. But a lot of people did, you know, get excited when Air Force played the Navy or, you know, Air Force played any other like branch or something. Or even when you saw the Air Force playing, you know, against another college, I, you really saw people kind of, you know, uh, coming out to support the Air Force team, which was, I thought was pretty cool, because, again, you're you're dealing with a lot of different people from many all over the world and all over the country who you know in your unit or in your squad or what have you and all of them represent different colleges all of them have different teams that they like so you can imagine the different conversations and arguments or what have you that people would have about well this college and this big 10 or all this nothing else i just didn't care for at that particular time but as i like i said as i got older and i got, as i got more into uh uh other basketball sports because like I said I wasn't in college basketball I was I was college basketball wasn't something I was really into not because I didn't enjoy basketball it was just I had other interests that I was I was more like into the NBA you know I was kind of like yeah the college is cool but I, I'm more best that was kind of my thing and then the WNBA came along and I was like okay well there's I'm into this now and then as more and more I think more in the last couple of years I've slowly gotten back into college basketball and college sports, if you will. You know, I have a younger uh, sister who's now attending Oregon. So, I mean, it's like, do I support the Oregon Ducks? I don't know. 
I've never seen him play. I've heard good things about him, but I, I don't know. You know, does that go against me having to not support Maryland anymore? I don't know. Do I really care? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can I can say that. I mean, on the podcast, you know, my sister's not here, so it's okay. <laughs> but I mean, ah, does it really matter? I mean, honestly, like for instance, if you're in a family and you have a child go, one child goes to Michigan and another one goes to Michigan State, are you really kind of separate them at the dinner table <laughs> when they come home? Are you like, oh, okay, hey? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, are you, I mean, I, I, I get the whole rivalry. I get the whole, you know, the history and what have you, but uh, really, is it, is it that serious? I mean, are you, are you really painting your face, you know, yellow and blue and green and white or whatever the colors are for Michigan State and Michigan, something like that, right? Like, are you really doing that and just going straight home? I mean, I know, I've, I know that happens. Trust me. I live in LA. I the first football game I ever saw was a Raider game, literally. And I saw this. It was for a YMCA trip, and I remember seeing this guy. We we all went to the parking lot. It was at the LA Coliseum, and the Raiders were still here. Yeah, this is some time I was like a kid. Like this is like early '90s, I think, early mid '90s, I believe. Yeah, but right, yeah, about '94, right before the Raiders left, before they moved to Oakland. It was right before they moved to Oakland. Uh, so it was around that certain time, and then I remember. This Raiders fan, I didn't see his face. I just saw the back of his jersey, and he had, like, the little uh, Raider um, helmet. He had some, like, little get-up on his head or whatever. And then he turned around, and I saw his face. And it was the silver and black, like people normally see. And this dude just flexed his arms and screamed like a savage at, like, at us kids. And he was like, Raiders! scared the bejesus out of me i said we're going in there we're going in there with that guy i'm not i'm not want to go in there i don't i don't even want to i don't want to go near that guy and it turns out there's like thousands of more just like him that are even more coconuts i mean i love the raiders i love their colors i love the whole you know theme of the raiders and the just win baby al davis i love the whole documentary that ice cube did and with the I like I love everything about the Raiders after the fact like after this is after but at that time they scared the crap out of me when I'm seeing people paint their faces and screaming at YMCA children like let's go play some football Raider Nation I was like who is this like why is he yelling at me I don't understand why he's we're just here to see a game from the we came from the YMCA man like why are you yelling at us and I remember when I like from that point on because that was like the second sporting event I ever went to like the first one was a my was an NBA game I saw the Lakers play I saw Magic Johnson play which was incredible incredible like okay quick story on that my mom took me she got tickets from um my my grandmother to go uh to the Laker game and so my mom took me and she got me the whole Laker get up like and this was a time when we, you know, we, we weren't really that, you know, middle class wealthy. We, we didn't really have the money to spend on an outfit like that. So the fact that she got me an outfit that basically was the jumpsuit and then underneath, like it was basically the whole pull away. <laughs> like I can literally take I could take my jacket off like a starter, take my my pants like I had everything. I had the wristbands, I had a headband, I had it all, man. Like I was I was there. I had the little finger. 
at the little calendar with the Laker, I, everything, nailed it. So, and, and I remember, because I used to play basketball again for the Y, and I, we were the Inglewood Hawks, you know, because so, I live out here in L.A., and I played for the, uh, for the Inglewood YMCA, so I was the, we were part of the Inglewood Hawks, and I was tall. Like, I'm, I'm about 6'3 and some change. So as a kid, I kind of had, I had real height. So I always had to play center and forward. I never got to play guard. Never. I got to play center and power forward. Low block, put your hands up, rebound, outlet pass. That's all you do. You run up and down the floor, you block, you rebound. That's it. Especially in the early 90s and all that, like, big men weren't doing what DeMarcus Cousins is doing or Marc Gasol or DeAndre Jordan or Dwight. Like, big men weren't doing that. They were just there. <laughs> like, they were just, like, Kareem was, like, a rarity. Like, that was a rarity to have someone like a Kareem. There, there was a rarity to see someone like a Shaq. The, a big dude was just basically, like, uh, like just just in there, like, in the paint, just taking up space, just, you know, blocking the lane and all that stuff for the uh, opposing team. So, wh- whatever. But as, as I saw it, because I wanted to get more playing time. But the coach wouldn't allow that because he was like, you don't know how to play the ball. You don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to do this. And your height, you know, no one handles the ball at your height. So I have guards for that. And I always felt like, man, that's that sucks. I want to be able to, you know, do more. But, you know, and that's why I, I always had a dislike for my height as a young kid. But then I remember seeing this Laker game and I remember seeing Magic Johnson get a, a rebound. And he went on the fast break. And I was like, wait a second. Isn't he the forward and center? My mom was like, just watch. This dude went on this fast break. Did this? No, I think he did this pass, this crazy pass to James Worthy. James Worthy finished it at the hoop. They ran back down. He got a steal, ran back again, and and did this crazy layup or something. And then, the like, I remember the uh, – the coach had called timeout or something. The, like the other team, I forgot who they were playing, but the other team had called timeout. And then they went back, the Lakers went back to the bench. They came out of timeout, and I saw them, Lakers, uh, take the ball out. Magic Johnson was bringing it up the court. And I'm like, wait a second, why is he bringing up the court? My mom's like, well, he's playing the guard. I was like, wait, centers don't play guard. I was like, who is this guy? Who, why, like, centers don't play guard. Centers don't handle the ball like that. It's, no, centers don't pass like he does from that day forward i was done i said there's no more excuse to not have the ball in my hand or to not at least attempt to be as great so literally i <laughs> that weekend like we saw it on like a weekday i think it was like a wednesday or thursday so that's following saturday this is all real this is a real story that following saturday i literally i put my same laker outfit on the, with the breakaway and all that i got put the wristbands on and I'm about to go to the park, you know, to do some, get some early uh, drills in and practice before, you know, I have a, you know, YMCA schedule practice in the afternoon. So I was, so I was telling her before I walk out the door, my mom was like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to go get some drills. I'm going to go practice, you know, magic, you know? And she said, you're joking. You don't even know how to dribble the ball. Like, m- let me tell you something. Moms was, moms was not, uh, she didn't hold her words back. She, she kept it 100% real. She straight up told me her child, you don't have game. You will go out and embarrass me. <laughs> and then you, you ain't going to embarrass me. That's what she said. She said, you're not going to embarrass me. You ain't going to go out there and out, talk about you get the ball and you can't dribble. You don't, like the way she just broke it down to me. I'm just looking at her like, <laughs> so you're saying I ain't good. Like <laughs> just, just, 
just the way she broke me down. And like the first thing you got to do is learn how to control the ball. And that comes from the first step is dribbling. So she said, and so she took me outside and, and we had a wall. We lived in this apartment with this big wall. And she said, the first step is to pass the ball. You got to learn how to, you know, do like little bounce passes and dribble. She went through these, like when she did dribble drills, I was kind of looking. I was like, who are you, lady? Like, what are you doing? Like, are you working part time for the Lakers? Like, or what are you doing on your spare time? Like during the PTE meetings when I'm at school, like how when I seen my mom take the basketball from me and she said, look, this is what you got to do. And she started dribbling like this, like not like a Steph Curry, nothing crazy, but she was just like this quick as a kid when she did the little ha 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 ha. And then she kind of almost like went around the back when she went around the back. She didn't go through her legs. She went around the back, kept dribbling in front of me, not going between her legs, but just dribbling it. Round the back again. Dribble, dribble, dribble in front of my face. Round the back. Dribble, dribble, dribble. And then she kind of just spun it on her hand because she, she didn't really have, like, long nails, right? So she spun on her hand. And then she caught it with her palm. And then she looked at me. She's like, can you do that? I, I wanted to be like, Negro, what? I, don't, I said, who do I look? I said, first of all, when did my mom become a Harlem Globetrotter? Number two, what makes you think? I got to go in back in the house and go take off this entire Laker uniform. Number one, number two, number, number three, I got to put on some regular children's clothes because you basically just made me know, like, I, I ain't got no game. It was, I had no game. So I'm sitting there outside. After all that, I'm sitting outside and I'm, I'm sitting there in my hand like, how the hell did she dribble that fast? <laughs> I'm like, it was really like, huh? and then so after a while, she, so after a while, I'm just practicing dribbling. And dribbling. And then when I get to the game, I'm just sitting there like, I really wish I could have got some shots. Or I really wish I could have told the coach. Or I, it, it was, I was getting frustrated because I was like, I don't want to be sitting there dribbling. But then I, after a while, I noticed my handle got better. And not just my handle. I noticed my control of the ball got better. So when I would get rebounds, I would have more control when I brought the ball back down versus when I was, I, it felt like I, the ball felt heavier when I didn't have like the strength in my wrist. It, it felt like a weight. So every so someone would easily come and knock it out my hand or they would easily come steal it. And, and that's what was the coach was having frustration with. So when I started gaining more control with my wrist and my dribbling, I started saying, oh, that's what that does. So that does work. So practice. Oh, OK. So I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Then she taught me a drill where she said, go up against the wall and just catch it with one hand. So that way you learn how to do it and then do it with the opposite hand. So practice with your right hand, practice with your left hand. And I was kind of like, well, what does this do? So I started doing that. And I was like, oh, wow, so it works on my arm. So now I can sit there and just kind of dribble. If I, if, you know, if, if I gain a pass, I can do a pass back. I can basically start doing passes, like bounce passes or just outlet, like better passes, essentially. And it did. It helped. I remember, like, literally a couple weeks later, the coach, you know, put me into this one power forward position for this one play. And I made a pass. Like the guy cut, I made a good bounce pass. And the coach looked at me like, "Where did that come from?" I said, "I've been practicing." He said, "I'm gonna keep." And that that got me more time. And so I, but I remember I jacked up the play like a couple plays later, and he sat me down with the quickness. But then I, as I got more and more comfortable with that, I kept going to my mom. I said, "Mom, like, teach me something else. What else do you got?" And she said, "Okay, now I'm gonna teach you how to, uh, you know, kind of." Do more like go behind the like keep dribbling, but 
control the dribble behind it. Like basically don't stop dribbling. So dribble with your right hand, go almost dribble it till you can go behind your back and then catch it with your left hand and keep doing it. It's basically going like around the world. And she said, just stand still. You know, at first she said, just look where the ball's going. But then after a while, don't just kind of keep your eyes straight. So she had me doing that drill. So I can just be like, okay, so I can always know where the ball is. Because she said, when she saw me play, she said, you're always looking down at your feet. You're never looking up, though. You need to have court vision. Stop looking down at your feet. Begin to look at the entire court. Look at where the players are. Look at where the, the other team is setting up the defense. Again, this is not the coach telling me this. This is my mom sitting here like, if you want this, you have to earn it. You have to practice at it. You have to be you know, willing to work at it. Get up early in the morning sacrifice your cartoons and all that to be practiced so i did that and i got better at it and then after a while i div i started going between my i said what if i went between my legs and you know how kids begin like crawl like trying to go through their legs early on they kind of do like that little <laughs> like they they almost control the ball they don't do a, a full go between the legs they just kind of like i'm palming the ball kind of going between my legs and that's what i started doing i kind of just kept palming because i could palm like i was able to palm the ball as a kid so that's why I was able to do a whole lot more with control. So I was able to kind of just go between my legs. And I was super lanky and tall, so I was, it wasn't that hard. Then I started getting comfortable with bouncing it between my leg, right? And then I started getting that comfortable. Just boom, after a couple of weeks, I got better. So I was able to go between my legs. So when someone came up for a steal, I remember I, I did this little quick between my legs and I caught the ball and I did a pass. Again, the coach is looking at me like, where are you doing this stuff from? Like, how come you're not consistent with it? And in my head, I was like, well, if I get some more minutes, I can get consistent. But there were so many other players on our team that were so good. This kid named David, this, this light-skinned black kid with red hair. Like, it, this kid was so good. <laughs> I mean, this dude was like, this dude was shooting, this dude was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Like he was shooting outside threes at like in like 92. This, like this is how good this kid was. And I remember he used to wear a t-shirt under his jersey. And I always thought that was weird. Like who wears t-shirts under their jersey? And I'm like, but he's, I used to think like that used to give him like greater shot control. <laughs> so I started wearing t-shirts in my jersey. I did not have better shot control like that kid. But wherever that kid is now, David, I forgot your last name, but you know who you are, man. You was balling. You was balling as a kid, man. But going back into the uh, story about, you know, developing skill. So, you know, as time went on and time went on, I started seeing what my mother was referring to in that, you know, Magic Johnson. I, I thought Magic Johnson was an anomaly, a rarity. But she said, no, he practiced at it. He, you know, some people are born with it. Some people have to practice at it. Some people have both. You know, you have to practice at it. You have a natural talent, but your talent is in your ability to be able to be determined and focused and be disciplined. That that's that could be your talent towards this aspect of basketball. And I and I appreciate it. I respected that. So after a while I started playing better. And then once you go from YMCA League into the city league, that's when you're not playing forward. I got switched into the guard really quick because you're not playing with guys who are smarter smaller than you or shorter than you or almost your height no you're playing with the cats way 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 bigger i remember my first city league game i was going up against a dude who was like six eight and i'm like again i told you i'm six three and some change six eight is that's five inches taller than me and i'm 14 you see what i'm saying like the, do you see the difference like the, 
at being 14 years old and almost, you know, well, what was I about? Yeah, about six feet almost at that time. Yeah, about, roughly about six feet at 14. And to a guy looking almost six, 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 eight, it's it was like, what the hell? Like, how am I supposed to defend this? Like, it was really, I had to become more physical with my game. And that meant developing skills and uh, offensive post offensive moves. I never thought about that. Like you, I think what I, I'm telling this story really just to kind of get people and get you thinking about that when you're critiquing a player, when you're critiquing a team or anything of that nature, it's more than just what is on the surface. Saying somebody needs to practice something when they might be already practicing. Or saying someone has a mental um, blockage or or anything of that nature, it, it's almost it's a one sided way to look at things. It's not a full view of it. For me, I always I assumed forwards forwards and centers don't control the ball. I've I assumed that for years until I saw, like I said, people like Magic Johnson, and even now in today's game where you have centers who can control the ball, bring the ball up court. You have a Blake Griffin. You have a LeBron James. You have like these are. It's not more so because it's controlled to the six six and under, or six four and under, so to speak. So, I, I, I it's, I mean, I'm, I'm really just trying. I'm, I'm scattered because, you know, as I've been watching a lot of basketball, I've been, I mean, I've been consumed with it for the last couple of months since I began the podcast. It's just been, you know, you, you, you read the comments, you read the articles that other, you know broadcasters or journalists write and you know about teams and and it, it's really opened my eyes into the it's it's really opened my eyes into the game of it like into the whole politics into the whole world of basketball or just just the, yeah into the world of basketball i would say you know when you're when you're a fan you you're only invested into what your team is you know if 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 you're a fan of the clippers or if you're a fan of the lakers if you're a fan of the warriors or what have you you're invested into that one team and the other 29 other teams could essentially blow off it, it, but and i mean that not to be disrespectful but i mean like you're not caring about the sacramento kings if you're a warriors fan you're not it, it's just it's just not what happens you're not caring about the milwaukee bucks if you're a Bulls fan, but in the narrative of sports journalism, that seem there seems to be like this disconnect where, pe- like the journalists are basketball fans, but then they'll go into an arena watching a game and they'll and they'll just be there just to watch the basketball when other f- people are there to watch their specific team. So it, it's like almost it's it's like. Two people who are in the same place there, but they're doing two different. It's it's weird. It's not weird in a bad way, but it's, it's just almost weird because of the dynamic of it. It's because it's almost two. You're watching the same thing, but you're going to have two versions of what you're watching, essentially. So it's like it's telephone almost. It's, you know, that old game of telephone where you say one thing, but by the end of by the time it gets to the last person, it's this completely different conversation versus what you originally started with. And I feel that's kind of what happens with you, sports journalism and with fan perspective. Sports journalism looks at the, just the game of basketball. There's two teams. There's 10 players on the court, three referees, and offense, defense, and that's it. Where a fan looks at it as, oh, man, we were really hot. Man, we were on this three-game losing. Man, I don't really like this game. Oh, man, what if, you know, we got to be coming into the, the, sports, the sports fan. 
has the ritual they have the oh where's my my lucky socks off oh, like it's it's the celtic pride like the movie it's like um it, it it's it's he got it, i don't know i don't know really a, a way to describe it metaphorically but it's to just emphasize that the the difference between the two are i think are bold enough but they're not so different they're bold in their ways by meaning that the sports fan is bold in how they view the game and and what players you know where for instance okay Here's an example. The New Orleans Pelicans. Let's say, for example, a sports journal will look at the New Orleans Pelicans and say, well, and probably talk about Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis. How come they don't put anybody around Anthony Davis? How come they don't do this? These people suck. They need to do this around because Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, right? But the sports fan can be like, man, J. Rue Holiday, man, if if Eric Gordon was only be healthier, you see – like if if we had the you know what if we draw this scheme what if we got this other player to come in or maybe he came off the bench and did like that's how the f- fan is thinking, you know the fan is thinking way differently than the sports journalism. You you see like the sports fan knows Anthony Davis is there but they're not concerned they're not consumed with him twenty four seven they're not just looking at him where the sports journalist is only looking at Anthony Davis right take the cast for example, it, it it's. The fans don't go to a game and say, we're only here to watch the big three. Sports journalists go to games and say, we're only here to watch the big three. And then they try to say, well, don't fans care? Because no, not all fans care because they're to watch their team. They're not there to watch one player. You're there to watch that one player. You're there to write up a story because you're focused on that one player that where the fan has to is worrying about everything else going on to it. Like, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's whatever. You know, but I just wanted to just really emphasize the whole dynamic range again of sports journalism and fan perspective and the world that we all live in and we all consume. And just I I, I don't know. Just like I said, it's it's um, as as a new consumer into the whole everything of basketball, like I said, college basketball, women's basketball, WNBA. NBA, I mean, uh, drafts, I mean, everything, award voting. There's so much, the CBA, the the players, I mean, the, the there's so much basketball that I you can get caught up in your own world, I guess is what I'm really trying to say. So I feel that sometimes we maybe need to just take ourselves away from the, the stats and the whole who's going to be traded and what if and the what ifs and all that and just kind of just enjoy the game. You know, I think sometimes we just don't enjoy the game, I think, as much as we should. And I think that's the whole purpose of this uh, soliloquy, this this little story, you know. Um, I, I just wanted to get that out and to really kind of just express that I, I love this game, you know, and I – I hope that, you know, as time goes forward, that more and more people, more and more fans and, you know, journalists, you know, engage into more content with the players and with the sports of basketball. Or I shouldn't say sports, but with the game of basketball in itself. So with that being said, oh, you're shut the F up, man. Let's go back into some clippers. Um, I don't even know where I left off, really. 
I was talking about college, women's college basketball, and that got into that story I wanted to tell. Because again, I'm, I'm a, not to go back, but just some of the some, just ah, some of the things that people write, and some of the comments that fans put. It, it that that's why that kind of you know story came about. Because man, it's some it's crazy in these streets, man. But let, let's go into the men's college basketball. Well. Do y'all want to hear about men's college basketball? I mean, I mean, it's still it's not March. I mean, I went over women's, but I just kind of hit hit up the uh, the stats because I was really fascinated by the uh, point averages that women's college basketball man that that that's uh, I don't know I I don't know why. Like I said, I, I'm not fascinated by I'm not shocked I'm not shocked by women playing great basketball. That's not what this is. This is more of just my own mind of like, wow, like this is just, I just love basketball. You know, like I don't care who the hell it plays. I don't care who the hell plays. I don't care man, woman, child, alien. I don't, I don't give a damn. I, I care that you can play and you care and you respect the game. That's what I care about. I don't, I don't give a damn about man or woman. I'm, you're playing offense. You score 29, 29 points is 29 points. I don't give a damn who it is. That's, that's, that takes game. You don't just get 29 points off coming onto the floor, right? You're not just getting 12 point or 8.8 assists, just giving the ball to somebody, right? You're not just getting that. Like that takes, like I respect athletes. I respect any athlete and just getting more into it. You're really seeing like, why I'm, I'm having more respect for the college players. Cause I'm, and, and I, and I'm saying that because, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to get into college basketball cause the whole NCAA thing where should college players be paid? Excuse me. Yes, and I believe they should. It makes no sense, okay? College players should be paid. They should not be sitting there struggling to eat or do anything when the NCAA and the team that they're playing for is making millions upon millions of dollars. I don't want to hear anyone talking about, well, they're getting an education. They can also get paid too. Stop it. Stop it. It's anyone telling them that, well, their their education should supplement their hunger or anything else or their livelihood or no, it shouldn't. If a, if their coach gets to get millions of dollars, can be doing endorsements, can do commercials and get paid off all this, make money off the jersey sales, make money off the shoes. And you're telling me the players can't earn a dime. Or don't even get paid a dime. <clears throat> so, and then there, most of them, most of those players are having to borrow money before they get paid. It's no different. It's, here's the thing. I don't, here's the thing, again, I, I think people from, the, and I'm, and I'm speaking f- from the basketball perspective, not the fan perspective. NBA players, any sports players get paid just like you get paid. First and 15th. There's no difference. If they play, they get paid. If they don't, they don't. Right? So for, I'll give an example. J.R. Smith. Um, J.R. Smith signed his new contract into going into new season, but it took some time, right? Now, for instance, if he would have waited going into the season to sign longer every day that he doesn't play, no matter if, you know, it was – it was five days into the season, no matter if he started playing, you know, um, 
what have you. Uh, how, how was it worded? It's essentially that every day you're not there, you're, you're, that takes away. So, for instance, if he was like he was trying to get a deal for maybe what? What was it? 14 million or something like that a year. Every day you're not signing that contract and you're not there and you're holding out for your more money. Is it like even if you sign that contract on the fifth day into the season, they're, they're not going to repay you back those five days. So you're not getting that 14 million in full. You see, if that makes sense. So, for instance, it's like if you held out up until this, if he held out to December. And said, okay, they're filing. We'll pay you, JR. We'll, we'll give you this money of $14 million a year. And he's like, okay, fine. I can go play with the Cavs and all that. He's not going to retroactively get the money from October, November, September, and what have you. That's not how that works. He's not even going to get it like added on future. It's gone. He loses that money. So especially when a player gets fined or for talk bad about the referee, that's a fine. That comes out. That's It's not a... Oh, well, down the road, you know, we'll break it off in the payment. No, that's gone. So that so that's why you have to be mindful. You have to, you know, understand that a lot of these times these players have to be very political in the way they approach a lot of things. The 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 college players, the the NBA players, the, the everyone has to be so political. It's not just about the game. It's not just about. When you see him on the street, you can run up on him and yell at him or whatever. Like, that's not how that works. It, it's they're human beings and there are people just like everyone else. They simply earn they earn your check. They earn their check just like you. Right. They earn it. They buy with the points they score, with their play on the floor. They're, they that's how they earn it. So I, I think there's this misconception that because they people see, for instance, oh, well, LeBron James signed this hundred million dollar deal and da, da 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 and he's resting yeah for that day he's resting it's it's not like a vacation day <laughs> you know what i mean it's not like a vacation day he's resting on the behest of the team he can do that like it's not going to hurt lebron to rest that day right because he knows at the end of it oh well me not getting this payment or getting docked this one day of not pl- playing time you know it's not going to hurt me as bad as me, you know, playing this full. Or like, Le- you know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron does so much to where it, it's if he, him resting and the financial, uh, I guess, hit that he'll take for resting that day is not something he's it, he's overly concerned about because he knows that it's for there's a bigger goal at the end of this race of then this marathon essentially you know and that's larry o'brien and and that's what i'm and i mean by that i feel like that gets that gets lost in translation through the 82 game schedule you know through the playoffs through 29 other teams do reading all these comments through articles do people telling you are they going to trade this guy are they going to trade like i it can get lost in the translation of it all so when i'm you know, reading about college basketball and I'm reading about these players and I'm going over the stats and I'm and I'm looking, I'm like, wow, like she's woman. This woman is scoring 29 points per game, 8.8 assists. And why are they not being paid? Why? Like, you know what I mean? Like why that's bringing that's bringing a new person like me into college basketball 
into a new viewer, a new person who may spend, who may want to purchase, you know, college basketball tickets, who may want to purchase that, you know, put forth that money towards watching that game or whatever that may be. But now when you're seeing the fact that these college players aren't getting paid and, and you're going more into it because now I'm not just looking at it from a fan. I'm, I'm wanting to be the journalist. I wanting to be more in depth with what is going on. It, it's making me see more than what I actually didn't realize before. And that's what this is. It's this isn't just me trying to, you know, go all over the place by talking about basketball and kind of just lightly talk. It's more of this. It's 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 re kind of you know, it's reigniting some thoughts and ideas I had prior to starting this podcast. You know, it's reigniting some thoughts and and things topics I wanted to discuss in on a, when I had a the platform to do so. And now, like I said, to begin into more college and reading more to the players and to the schools and to all that, it really is wow. You know, I mean, I'm less getting into the basketball side of the of it and more into the actual politics of it, if that makes sense for just for college basketball. So do excuse me for the whole soliloquies of that. It's just more I'm still getting used to that other side of it and not just trying to be the, hey, look at these stats. Hey, this player did this and like, yeah, that's cool. But I want to be able to get more so I can give you more. And and again, it's just it's it's a fascinating it's it's very fascinating, you know, just learning about something that you thought you would already know, you know, and I think that's the that's it right there. So let, let's skip over uh, college. Let's go into WNBA. So uh, schedule been released. WNBA will tip off on the 13th of May 2017. Mark it down on your calendars. WNBA schedule. 2017, May 13th. It's going to be great. I will be seeing there. I'm going to try to go to Elisa Sparks game. I'm not a fan of, like, again, if there was, like, a, a, a WNBA version of the Clippers, I'm there. But I can't rock with the Sparks. Y'all too much like the Lakers. And y'all got all that yellow and gold. Ah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with all that. I'm, ah, I'm good. I need the Clippers version of for the WNBA, you know, for LA. I need another LA WNBA LA team. So WNBA, when y'all ready, anyone out there, throw another team out in LA. Right here. I, I'm your supporter right there. I I'm your supporter. Whatever what we gotta put down. I got some money. I'm moving from my savings to my checking and we gonna nail it. Okay. I got this. Don't even trip on that. So let's go. Um what else did I want to talk to you guys about uh the WNBA? Um hmm do 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 man i i'm sorry but i've been watching a lot of those highlights from the uh finals from the WBA finals that game was great the minnesota lynx man i that's a damn good team it's a damn good team i mean damn that's a damn good team like just i was i, I was i really just watched the last five minutes of that uh finals game because the last five minutes was amazing i mean just the shot the 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 energy I, I think that's what it was. it was the energy it was the it was the 20th year it, it was just so much and that last five minutes was just amazing i again if you have not watched it go please go check out the highlights of it minnesota Lynx, la sparks it, it was just it was amazing like it was just truly truly something that i 
as a basketball fan, I, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I go back and watch highlights of that game, okay? So, real talk. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me just hit you guys with some uh, topics I'm going to give you guys. Man, Achilles surgery is a, is, I'm seeing like some of these uh, WMA players are having Achilles surgery. That's a, oof, man, that sucks. Because I feel like you don't come back the same, right? Like, look at what happened to Kobe. I mean, it was just like, well, Co- Kobe just, you know, he he went, he went bananas on the league. I think that was just, I see, I see what uh, Russell Westbrook is talking about, and Boy, let me tell you, we can get into some Russell Westbrook talk, man. We can get into that. Um, yeah, you know what? I was going to get into some NBA news and to some other stuff. Nah, damn all that. Um, Russell Westbrook, man, y'all think he's going to average a triple-double this season? I don't know. I don't know because it's – I think he'll get to – because he's at four games right now of back-to-back triple-doubles. I think it's 414. I don't know. It's a ridiculous amount of number. I think it's 14 or four. I it does it does you know what it doesn't even matter because he's averaging a triple double. It doesn't even matter. I've never seen someone average a triple double. Magic did it. Magic got triple doubles, but like I don't remember. I don't recall seeing it. Like Magic triple doubles were with just I didn't even realize. Like you don't realize Magic had triple doubles. I see Russell Westbrook getting triple doubles. Like when I I saw the game when he played against um was it the Knicks or it was somebody and he just went up and grabbed this offensive rebound. There was like three or four jerseys standing around. And he just went up in the air, pulled it down, threw it back out, and I literally saw the coach on the bench put the hands on his face like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Like, where did he come? How did four guys not grab that rebound? He is a beast, man. The fact that he's not playing with Kevin Durant has literally freed and broken his chains. He is on a mission. I think he's on a mission to get MVP. I, you know what? That's that's incorrect. I don't think he gives a damn about MVP. I everyone saying that Russell Westbrook kind of cares. Oh yeah, he kind of cares about averaging triple double, or he would want to do it. No, I, that's you. That's you wanting him to care because you you're excited about the perspective. It's like, ooh, he can average. He he you know he would want to average triple because I want him to average. It's like no, he don't care. Like he does not care about anyone anything during those 48 minutes he's on the court he cares about winning that's what he cares about he cares about the w i n n i n g <laughs> i mean lord have mercy but ah oh, okay enough of that N- enough of that enough enough of you know talking about the okc thunder you know, snuff that. What, what, what we here for? Y'all know what we here for. We here for some Clippers, man. After all that, after that long, 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 long talking and talking, we finally talking about the Clippers, y'all. 
In my research, in my days, never did I think I would say I would never be a Laker fan. <laughs> I'm just playing. The Clippers. When did I? Why did I? How did I? What do I? I've loved the Clippers since the Danny Manning area. Area. Ugh. The Danny Manning era. I love the Clippers uh, about the time since I saw the Lakers play. And the reason why is because I always had this thing for uh, the underdog, right? But not just that, but for some reason, when I saw the Clippers, I didn't have the same outlook, you know, that most people did. Because when they were still kind of new to L.A., at that particular time. So when they were new to LA still, like within five years or so, cause they were, came there in about 84 actually, but I'll, I'll get into that. Cause as I went into the Clipper history and I started learning more, it was so fascinating learning about the Clippers. Um, since the Danny Manning time, I just really enjoyed the whole new team. Like, for the Lakers, I feel like they've been here. They're established. Everyone likes the Lakers. Everyone. It was like I couldn't. Like it was, it's Laker town, right? L.A. is Laker town. So when I saw the Clippers, it was like this, something that broke through. It was like, well, what is this? Like, And everyone was like, oh, that's just whack. This is not. I was like, well, I want to go see the Clippers. You know, I want to go see them. And I enjoyed it because they were young. It was a brand new. And it was just like, wow, the Clippers. I like this. Like, it was something I can get behind. It was something that I, I kind of grew up with. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the Lakers that was there before me. It was almost like, well, I kind of we kind of came at the same time. And that's when I was really like, oh, yeah, I like it. And they're from L.A. Perfect. It, it was something that I can finally root for myself and I have to be told to root for. It was a team that I can get behind and not have to say, oh, look, everyone tells me to go for this one team because that's what everybody does. I don't care what everybody does. I don't care that I love magic. Magic inspired me to, you know, become a better basketball player. I love James Worthy. I love Michael Cooper. Like, I have my grandmother's friends with some of the old Lakers, you know, from just over the years of being in L.A., over the years of where she's worked at, you know, just the just the amount of people that she knows and in the, in the t- times I've met actual Lakers, you know. Some of their kids went to my, my elementary school, you know, so I saw them a lot of times. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't, I wasn't around like I experienced it. I was up and close and personal to it, but I was never up and close and personal with the Clippers, you know, and that's what it was. It was like I see Lakers every day. I see the players every day. I see them at the shopping stores. I see them, you know, with their kids because we we go to the same school. I, you know, I see them at their their wives or whatever at PTA meetings like or at the school functions like that. It was that normal for me. So I didn't have that thought of. Oh, the Lakers, the highlights. It was like, okay, cool. But when I saw the Clippers, I was like, I never see the Clippers. I don't ever see any of the players. I don't ever see anything. So when I see the Clippers, I was excited to see them because it was like, yeah, yeah, the Lakers are playing cool. But the Clippers, you know, and then over years, I got more and more into it, you know, of, of into the team and really like, you know, yeah, no, it's I'm a Clippers fan. But I've had to keep that down because of all the losing seasons and 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 really the owner that everyone knows now, but over the years, most people kind of just had this, yeah, we kind of know, we kind of don't know, but it, it does kind of exist, you know. Um, oh, my God, what is, uh, 
I forgot old dude's name, Donald freaking Sterling. Oh my God. It's been so long. Thank God I forgot his name because I had to hear his name for so many years. I mean, so many years, the things as a kid, I heard about Donald Sterling, the just, excuse my language, the fuckery. I mean, I, for years, for years, man. And it was so frustrating because it was like, I knew because we had players like we had good players, man. We had times where I was like, man, we have, why are we not winning? And I felt that because when you have a owner like Donald Sterling, we have sometimes players who come there and it's, they're like the Clippers. Oh man, the Clippers. God, I want to go to the Lakers. And it was like, well, it was, it was a, like a, it was a melting pot that, the Clippers were couldn't get out of like no matter what it felt like they just were destined for so long to be just the you know the the bottom of the barrel to the NBA not even to LA it's like not even the step right it's like the Clippers for so many years and I remember so many conversations so many people talking crap about the Clippers so many still do to this day right which is surprising but I remember it. Everyone talked crap about the Clippers. Oh, they suck. They're garbage. They're this. They're whack. They're horrible. Never. I mean, when I hear people like complaining that the Clippers aren't getting out the second round, I I want to pull the hair out my head and be like, are you kidding me? We couldn't even get into the playoffs. Like we weren't even we couldn't even get into February. What, you're talking about the second round as if like, oh, ah, oh, ha. If we all of a sudden made it to the second round, if we all of a sudden made it to the Western Conference Finals, then the weight will be lifted. And then we'll have a, ah, oh, this is what the second round is. And then what? And we, and it, for instance, let's say, for instance, God forbid, knock wood, you know, knock wood, the Clippers make it to the Western Conference Finals and then lose. Are you seriously going to make me try to believe that everyone's going to be like, well, they made it to the second round? That's good. Or they made it out the second round. So, hey, give them, cut them some slack. You're joking. What are you smoking? What are you, you're not smoking something that's out here. <laughs> like what Snoop said about Kanye, we don't make you do that. I don't know what does. Why would you think that if the Clippers made it to this Western Conference Final, that all of a sudden that people would say like, yeah, you know what? They're, they're contenders now. No, the Larry O'Brien trophy is not given to, a person getting to the Western Conference Finals. Getting to the Western Conference Finals does not prove this or this, this or that or about a team. Getting to the Western Conference proves you got into the Western Conference Finals. There's a, a dozens of people who've gotten to the Western Conference Finals. Dozens of teams. Yet only two can get into the finals. You don't just get into the finals base or into the Western Conference because, well, you know, you guys got to get in there. And then once you get in there, yeah, then you got to get to the finals. It's it doesn't stop there. Why is that the most important roadblock? Like that's not a hurdle. Getting to the playoffs, getting past the first round, that's a hurdle. Getting to the second round, that's a hurdle. Getting to the Western Conference, that's a hurdle. Getting to the finals, that's an even bigger freaking hurdle. Playing 82 games, guess what? That's an 82 game hurdle. Nothing comes as easy. Winning is not easy. Yeah. Breaking news, everyone. Winning is not easy. It damn sure is hard. You got 30 teams competing for one title. 
Imagine 30 people running to the last burrito. <laughs> Imagine 30 people running to the last, you know, thing of weed on the fucking on the dispensary. Imagine 30 people running to the uh the little gas pump. Man, like that's what it that's what people are not get forgetting. That's like someone said, well, you got to say imagine someone said, well, you got the second in line. You know, you never really got out of the third person place in line, but now you got the second in line. You're almost there. You're almost there in second. Yeah, but I didn't get to the pump. Gas is gone now. Yeah, but you got to the second in line. That's that's what I think. Who gives a flying ah about the second round or Western Conference Finals? I care about the Larry O'Brien trophy. I care about that ring at the end of it when there's only 29 teams falling and one team standing. I care about that. I don't give two dams about a team not making it because they cannot make it for years and years and years like Golden State. And all of a sudden, you're winning. And that's what's so funny. Short-term memory and what have you done for me now is a real thing. It's a real, it's a real, it's a real problem we have because – for years for matter of fact hold on let me where's my notes at for, okay so like i said i was going through the, the whole clipper clipper history clipper lore so the team was founded by paul snyder senior most people don't know who paul snyder seniors i didn't know who the hell that guy was right but he founded the team so paul snyder senior was uh lived in buffalo new york ah buffalo uh, a la the buffalo braves the uh original name of the clippers you know of of which bob mcadoo you know one of the greatest nba players of all time was a, a member of so and what's so funny is I, as i went through the history of uh let me go i i have it up here as i went through the history of the clippers it was really starting to see like you know, even since the Buffalo Braves era, trying to put anything on this current team or this current roster is ridiculous because I did not expect a CP3 to come to this squad. I didn't expect us to have a Blake Griffin like this. I didn't expect DeAndre Jordan to develop like this. I didn't expect us to have a J.J. Reddick. I didn't expect us to have a, a freaking three-time six-man of the year in our squad. I didn't expect this with the Clippers. After the years and years and years of players I've seen come and go, the years and years of players I've seen who have now become coaches who used to play on the Clippers, a la Doc Rivers. And I'm like, Doc Rivers, who most people will say, well, he wasn't a great player, but he's a damn great coach, right? Damn great coach. You can't deny that. When we got Doc Rivers, I was really like, you like, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it wasn't real because it was really like, wait a second, Donald Sterling is doing, no, this can't be real. This, something's going to happen. Something's going to jack this up. And what happened? It turns out he jacked it up for himself. And that was the best thing that could have happened. We had to get rid of the old. I mean, and that, and we had to get rid of everything and, and start anew. That was really what has happened in the last five years. We had to start anew. And that's been the hardest thing to do is to wash your hands of the old and and the recent and to really try to begin anew. That and you're doing it in the in front of everyone. Right. Is basically you're trying to do it in front of the eyes of everyone, too. That's even harder. 
and it's like and you're the and we're the clippers damn it man like it's but that that's the thing like i'm not intimidated by any of that and i and i loved it because it showed like we're becoming serious now people can take us seriously no more of this we're just whatever we're just the bottom of the barrel we just oh it's just this i remember when blake griffin and we had a uh, mo williams as a point guard and they started doing lobs and we were called lob city and everybody just said Psh, that's not gonna last yeah it's all good i was like wait a second the Clippers actually have two a player in Blake Griffin who was in the dunk contest. Yeah, but he dunked over Kia. Uh, basically, do, is bringing excitement to the Clippers, which I don't know for how long. When When's the last time you heard the word excitement in Clippers? Never. But even with that in front of people's faces, people still complain. Right? People still complain. Because it wasn't... Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the Clippers. I don't like the Clippers. I don't like the Clippers. They suck. They suck. They're horrible. It's so funny. Hindsight is a is a hindsight is a damn thing because everyone wants to act like no. I've always said the Clippers. Their starting five was and it was their bench. No, no one's ever said that. It was always the bench and the starting five and the coach and the back office and the front office. It wasn't just one thing. Stop it. It. For, Everybody, everybody at ESPN, everybody at Bleacher Report, everybody named Mama at every other sports journalist talked shit about the clip. I remember their name. I have them. There's no trying to back talk it. I mean, I love some of them now. Tr- trust and believe. I love most of the um, sports journalists. Well, some of them now. Right. I do. But most of but the ones who I do love. You know who you are. You know who you are who was talking crap about the Clippers and acting like, oh, yeah, it, Blake Griffin needs to be traded. The dumbest thing ever. The the dumbest thing to say. Trade Blake Griffin to get something else. Trade him. That's what you do. You trade him because is he really, I mean, do you really want to, you, you know, I mean, like the way people want to trade Blake Griffin off the Clippers is so fascinating to me, right? Because because what they really want to do is say, oh, yeah, Blake Griffin's no good for them. Yeah, he's no good. You can't, you can't have him and Chris Paul. Like, they have beef. They hate each other. No, they don't. Chris Paul can wear on you. Yeah, he's a point guard. He's supposed to. You're supposed to he's supposed to do plays. That's what, it, what he does. What are you complaining about? He, yeah, he could just wear on somebody. I'm like, well, if you don't do your job, then, yeah, it probably does wear on you. But if you do your job, it shouldn't wear on you. That's what that what that sounds like is somebody who just wants it. That sounds like a Dwight Howard. I just want to go out there and have fun. But then people put, crucify him damn near for just, oh, I like playing. I just like having fun. I, I'm not, you know, I, I enjoy it. Why am I trying to be all serious? And it's and people just damn near want to just crucify this guy for saying some stuff like that. But now when it's Blake Griffin or it's CP3, oh, we got to trade one of them. CP3. He hates Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin hates CP3. Oh, CP3 hates DeAndre. DeAndre Jordan hates CP3. Oh, the only reason why he's in a State Farm commercial is because they got they promised him when they held him hostage. And he wasn't answering Mark Cuban's phone calls. Oh, I don't know. And then, and then he, he took... He took Dallas Mavericks basketballs. I mean, like, what is it really? I can't take the fact that everybody wants to think the Clippers have, like, everyone wants to call a rivalry with us. 
Oh, yeah, the Clippers and the Mavericks. That's a, Oh, yeah, that's a rivalry. Why? The DeAndre Jordan situation. Really? That's a situation? He didn't return. He agreed, and then he didn't agree. How many times have CEOs, GMs, owners done the same thing to players, and, and it's never been an issue? Now when a player has control of his own life and his decisions, people want to get upset. Oh, you can't do that. There's an unwritten code. There's, there's man code. He's not a man. I wouldn't have him in the foxhole. Let me tell you something. I've been in the foxhole. I've been in the military and I've been in the foxhole. Those talking about he wouldn't, he wouldn't survive in the foxhole ain't never been in one of their damn self. Those talking about how he ain't a man probably ain't been one of their damn self. Don't you ever in your damn life compare somebody to not being in a foxhole to try to be a man or equate that with a man. You lost your damn mind. You lost your damn mind trying to say some nonsense like that to me. This dude is he's an athlete and is a professional athlete. And as a professional athlete, he can decide what and what he wants to do. Like any professional owner in a private company. Yeah, they can decide what they want to do, right? GMs can decide what they want to do, right? Oh, but when a player does it, how dare he break this unwritten law? He's not a man. He's not, he, he's, he should have called him this. He ain't got to do nothing. Don't, he's not a man. He, he won't survive in a fox. I'm like, oh, y'all been in foxholes? Because oh, I would love to know what your experience is in a foxhole because I've been in one. Let me, let me hear yours. Because trying to compare somebody to a man because... Oh, oh, I would love to hear how you would hang in a foxhole. Huh? Oh, punk. I don't want to hear nobody talking like that. Like, if you can't leave that basketball, and if you can't understand, like, oh, yeah, oh, no one ever does this. But when he does it out in public, it, it makes him, like, all oh, the bad guy. Man, please. What's that? Uh, What did DeMarcus Cousins tweet about Car George Carl? Snakes in the grass emoji, right? How many people tweeted the same damn thing? Snakes in the grass. You see it all the time, right? When Oh, but Boogie Cousins is the one that got a problem, right? It's not the Kings. It's not the coaches. It's, it's Boogie Cousins, right? That's, it's asinine. Oh, LeBron James. Uh, I, I, My only beef with LeBron is how he left Cleveland. Why? He took made his own decision? Why? He did some ESPN 45-minute to an hour interview talking about, I made my decision. I'm going to heat. I get you want to hate. I guess it wasn't the smartest idea. No, it wasn't the brightest idea. But it's his damn decision. Who gives a damn what y'all think? He can leave Cleveland. He can. He, let me tell you something. What LeBron can do the f he wants to do. He can leave Cleveland again. And what y'all gonna say? Nothing. What you gonna nothing? This dude can right now up and leave and go play for it. Ah, give me a team the oh, oh, Hornets he can go play for the Hornets right now and not miss a beat not break a sweat not sweat not not even sweat a bullet you know who would trip out Cleveland fans you know what y'all would do you'd burn his jersey you'd burn his jersey just like with with uh, KD burn his jersey you're burning jerseys what is this the 1800s are you joking? Who burns a jersey? You burn, you burn Kaepernick's jersey because he didn't, because he kneeled at the anthem. When all you mother effers sit there be talking, you sitting there getting your beers and your condiments during the national anthem. You sitting there checking your phones. You wiggling. You're not standing at attention. You're not standing at parade rest. Oh, cause you got your hat off your head. Oh, you had it covering your heart. Stop it. 
that doesn't make you better than somebody else. Me and my brothers and sisters fought for everybody's freedom to do what you do, period. Don't go knocking somebody else's decision because they're doing what they want to do. You get to do what you do. They get to do what they do. You think I'm taking offense? You think any of my brothers and sisters take offense to a man not saluting the flag or doing this? No. I take more offense to my brothers and sisters coming back home as veterans and not having health care. I take more offense to my brothers and sisters coming back and with loss of limbs, not PTSD. The list goes on. I, I get mad when my brothers and sisters get removed from VA health care roles and all of a sudden can't get health care. That's what I'm upset about. And it seems no one else is upset about it. It seems the people who want to put the hats over their, ha- over their hearts don't have that same concern. So before you com- complain about somebody kneeling, be sure that you check your list of priorities because I'm pretty sure, pr- I'm quite sure there's other things going on that are more prioritizing than that, right? There's more other things prioritizing than you hating a player because he left your team. Boo, different shirt. It's the same guy in a different freaking shirt. You think Calvin Klein is booing LeBron James because he wears a Massimo? Stop it. You, th- you, you, you think, wait, wait, well, hold on. I was about to say, you think, Adidas is yelling at James Harden because he wore a Nike shirt. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I could, that's, that was going to be a bad one, right? That Adidas. Speaking of shoe deals, Steph Curry, man. Look, I know I'm all over the place, but this ain't me a launch pad. It's my podcast, man. Clippers is, look, I'm wearing my Clippers beanie. I got my Clippers shirt. I got Clippers bands. Look, I'm Clippers dot right now, son. So we're going to get to the Clippers. Don't trip. This is going to be a podcast. But Steph Curry and his shoe deal, man. Under Armour. One, I didn't know Under Armour made shoes. Two, I didn't know they paid Steph Curry that much money. Three, yeah, you're probably going to lose money if you got Under Armour and Nike on the same team. And don't they got a Reebok too? I'm sure they got. So they got, you got three shoe companies on one team, I think, at least two. And that's going to. It may not affect the players, but I guarantee you, Under Armour is sitting there like these mother. Excuse me, like it's. <clears throat> The fact that they got Under Armour and Nike on the same squad, right? Like, you know Jordan ain't going to have no crap like that. You know damn well Jordan going to be like, <laughs> Nike, <laughs> nah, 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 Jordan all day. The, let me tell you something. The Team Jordan logo, like, that's a logo. Like, that's, that's bigger than Nike damn near, right? That's damn near. You can say it's damn near bigger than Nike. So, it's what I like is the fact that Jordan is very like Jordan. <laughs> no, I wear Jordan shirt, Jordan pants, uh, Jordan shoes, Jordan socks, Jordan draws. Well, excuse me, Hanes draws. That's man. That's that's a deal. Hanes. That's Jordan's being smart. I have my own clothing company, my own basically brand and Hanes. Hanes like he still has Hanes. Fucking with him. When's the last time Michael Jordan played basketball? He plays golf. I've never seen a golfer sweat. Never. I've never seen Tiger Woods sweat. I've never seen Phil Mickelson sweat. I've never seen Rory McIlroy. That guy sweat. 
I never seen a golf dude. I've played golf, and let me tell you, that works out muscles in your body that I didn't even know existed. You don't sweat. You you're tired, but you're not sweating. You're not like, man, whew, that was a heavy game of golf. Nah, not happening. I've seen guys shower after a golf game. And I said, why are you showering? Like you didn't sweat. Like you were sitting under a shade in your cart drinking. <laughs> what were you doing that required perspiration? <laughs> that That's so funny to me. So. Back to what I was talking about. What, what, what were you talking about? I'm on golf. How do I like it to golf? It doesn't matter. Let's talk about the Clippers again. So, L.A. Clippers. But, oh, that's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. That's what I was talking about. All right. Uh, damn it, man. I got to stop doing the thing that Snoop Dogg does. I do. Because I had it right there. I had the thought, and it was gone. Now what do I do? You can't just go jump back into the, something you were talking about. Because it was, it was like it was, it was on the journey. We were on this journey together, y'all. We were on this journey together. Ah, I really don't know. Ah, man. Well, how do, you, how do you segue from that? How do you segue from losing your mind? Does that happen? Not the losing your mind part, but the segueing from losing your mind. Uh, it's Thursday, December 1st, 2016. We got 30 more days to New Year's, y'all. A little more, a uh, couple more months to the uh, end of the season. A couple more months till uh, All-Star weekend. Man, I'm just sitting here thinking that you know, I've been going to these Clipper games, which, you know, of course, there's one tonight. We play the Cavs. Uh, man, that four-game losing streak sucks right now. Not four-game. Well, damn near four-game shit. Um, it's, it sucks because I don't think it was more so – well, let me say this. I don't want to say I don't think it's more so the, the schedule than the team. I think it's more just – it's the, still the beginning of the season, right? We, we, like, in reality, we've only played less than 20 games so far. So we played 19, I believe. Tonight will be number 20. So we're 20 games into the season. So being 20 games into the season, I know right now we're three games ahead of the rest of the league for most games played. Three games. So right now we're three games more than where everyone else has played. So we're so for instance, everyone else is roughly around seventeen. We're at twenty. Uh, well, around sixteen, seventeen, and we're at about sitting at twenty, right? And probably will hit twenty-one. Like we'll probably maintain this probably up until the end of December. And I think that's what is really affecting a lot of the Clippers' uh, play because it's. Because it's the back to back, the back to back, the back, and I think on this six game road trip, I did it myself. So I know I know I'm very guilty of it. I sat there and already counted the wins before they played. I looked at, and I think that's the mistake that everybody does. You count the wins before you play them. 
oh, they they should have won that game against the Brooklyn Nets. It's like, no, they shouldn't have. You don't should you should not win games. You play games to win them, not should win. You play them to win. And that's the misconception. That's why I started in the beginning. The difference with the fan perspective and the sports journalism. The sports journalism just looks at it as like, yeah, Brooklyn Nets, they should have won. No, you, they, you have guys on that squad who are talented, good NBA players. Just because they're the, the sports journalists and the media is dismissive, that does not mean the fans are dismissive. That does not mean that team is dismissive. That means that there may be 29 other teams who are dismissive of that particular team. That means that there's media dismissive of that. And what happens? You can fall right into the trap just like they do. Oh, well, they've been on a seven-game losing streak. You don't want to be that team where they're at the end of that seven, right? You don't want that because then you get complacent. You don't want to be the chance to be that team where you end up losing to that. And that's what can happen, right? Because everyone looks at, well, you should have beat the Pistons. Why? Why? Well, because we're playing better according to what you believe to be better when up until these 20 games, I have said, even Doc has said, even the players have said, we've not been playing great. There's there's so many things that we can still correct that other people aren't. Other people just see a W where I see in the Clippers see things to correct, a lot of things to correct. And that's the issue. And, and it's what the issue with the, I feel the issue every team faces. Media has one perspective. The Brooklyn Nets suck. Brooklyn, you don't suck when you got a dude who used to play in a D-League scoring 30 points. I don't care what team. I don't care where a team. That's skill. But you got he got dismissed because Brooklyn Nets. And the media was like, well, they dismissed, right? Oh, well, you guys should have won against the Pacers. Paul George, as if the one person not playing will not make the other players not play better. Or that'll say, well, they suck now. No, that means that they probably don't have – to rely on Paul George. That means they're going to probably play more basketball. It means you're probably going to realize, oh, snap, this other guy can play pretty well too. This other guy can play pretty good. Yeah, they can because they're professional freaking NBA players. So anybody can fall victim to the whole, oh, calling the W's before you win. What? You don't think the Cavs, everyone called the the W for the Cavs against the Bucks, And then what happened? Giannis goes on this freaking tear of 30 points, 34 points, like 12 rebounds, blocks, assists, steals. Like the dude was across the freaking board. And no one, no one considered that. But everyone wants to call him the Greek freak and this and this. But then when it's LeBron James, oh, he, it's LeBron James. So he cancels everything out. No, he doesn't. He does not cancel everything out. Getting to the finals is hard, right? Acting like LeBron James does it on his own volition is BS because it's not the truth, right? Saying that he didn't have help, saying he didn't have the team behind him is the same exactly same thing like the Clippers should have beat the Nets. Oh, the Nets are supposed to lose. Philly's supposed to. Philly's playing pretty good right now. Lakers are playing pretty good. It's this notion that, oh, you're supposed to do this. You're, you're supposed to do this one thing so we can only talk about the things we want to talk about, right? Every other team is supposed to do the thing we want them to do so we can now discuss the Warriors and Cavs. Warriors, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Warriors, Cavs, Spurs. Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, 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 Warriors, Spurs. Warriors, Cavs, Cavs, Warriors, 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 Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Kevin Durant. Warriors, Cavs, 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 Warriors, Warriors. That's all you hear. And when you hear another about another team, 
are we are they really making the playoffs? I mean, they have no shot of winning. Yeah, no shot. Cleveland, we all know Cleveland's going to the East, right? Right, right, right. Okay, no thinking involved. When it's like, okay, but you're marking it down. But then if everyone's saying Cleveland's going to make it and then they don't make it, is everyone going to everyone's not going to blame LeBron. Everyone's going to be like, "Well, it's not his fault." It's not his fault. That other team got lucky. Oh, it was the refs. Oh, it was this. Oh, it was that. It was this. It was that. Not LeBron. It was this. It was this. It was this. It was that. It was this. It was it. It's so many excuses from the fan, not from the fan, from the sports and media perspective that when the fan sees it, they're like, wow, we get no credit for this, huh? Oh, we're just this. Oh, yeah. Nets fans know they're garbage, right? How the hell are you going to say some nonsense like that? No, they don't think they're garbage. You think they're garbage because you're a Spurs fan. It's so funny when I see media people who are fans of like, like teams that have like been around. Like, like when I see media people like, oh yeah, I'm a Boston fan. Wow, you have enlightened us with your critique of every other of 29 other teams when Boston is your team, right? And 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 it's so funny because every single time they'll critique other teams. And then they'll say, well, Boston isn't playing real good. But then they'll go back, well, Boston has 16 championships. That's, that's literally the conversation. Same thing with the Lakers. It's the same exact thing. Lakers aren't playing pretty good, but we, you know, we, had Kobe, we had Kobe Bryant. Well, we weren't playing good because of Kobe Bryant. That's why we weren't playing good. Yeah, you weren't playing good because of the five-time freaking champion. I'm sure that was the key. You know what? I'm quite sure. Yeah, because he got the ball all the time. And the Lakers players, you know, they weren't able to play as free with the 9-9 record right now. Yeah, that's real free with the 99 record. But they look so great. They look the same. They look the same. No, it, it, it's just a matter of the reason why people are saying they look great. Because they're in the ninth, tied for the ninth seed right now. It's the only reason. If this was last year, if, if basically you took the state, if you're basically going to say what the playoff playoffs were from last year, are we really going to say the Lakers who are going to win? I think if I had my record uh, paperwork, um, What if the Lakers win? What if the Lakers win? I had it too. Oh, I had it. It was something ridiculous, like 12 games, right? We think we're, they're at nine. So they may get to 20 games. They may get to 24 games, right? They may get to Kobe's number, which would be hysterical. They get to 24 games, right? And then what are people going to say? Oh, man, this is a great Laker team. 24 games is great. That's great. That's not great. Not in the West, maybe in the East, but 24 games is not for a young squad, not for all this hype that people have been hyping them up on. Because the thing is, what's going to happen is people are going to say like, no, 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 it's okay because they they have to get used to playing with one another. Oh, just like with the Clippers, but when the Clippers do it, you only got a certain amount of time to play with each other, right? Because everyone thinks like, yeah, the Clippers have been together for 10 years. they only been together for four years. Doc's only been there for four years. Right. It's only been there for four. They've really they've only had this core of starting unit for four years. Mind you, Doc Rivers came. Then they got J.J. Reddick. So Chris Paul was there for the year prior. So really, we've had Doc, J.J., CP3, DeAndre, Blake for like four or five years. So we've only been really consistently decent and good for four or five freaking years. The Clippers have existed since the Buffalo Braves, since the San Diego Clippers, okay? 
for five freaking years now, we have maintained and been in the playoffs. Okay? Matter of fact, hold up. Stand by. I'm going to pull up the schedule. So, I'm going to show you. So, let me go off of the, uh, this is when uh, the Buffalo Braves, okay? This is the schedule of the Clippers. 1970-71. This is the first season of the Buffalo Braves. Their record, 22-60, and 60, okay? 22-67 and 67 in the Atlantic. This was, they were in the East, so they finished 7th. 1972, finished 8th. Record, 22-60. and 60. Again, their win percentage point was 268. Okay, under 500 basketball. 1973, they were fourth. Okay, they were fourth. We got to the, uh, pl- we got in the playoffs, right? We were, we won 42 games that year, lost 40. So we were in 42 and 40, 5 12, right? Lost in a conference semifinals to the Celtics. Conference semifinals. Lost to the Celtics, okay? 2-4. Lost to the Celtics, 2-4. Um, 1975, we were third. Finished third with a record of 49-33. and 33. Lost in the conference semifinals to the Bullets. Seven games, 3-4, and four, okay? Bob McAdoo was the MVP of uh, that year. And uh, in the 73 season, Bob McAdoo was the rookie of the year, okay? 76 season. Uh, finished fifth, record was 46 and 36, 561 basketball. Won the first round against the 76ers, two and one. Lost the conference semifinals to the Celtics, two and four. Okay? <clears throat> 76 77. Finished 10th, record was 30 and 52. Excuse me, 300 basketball. Under 500 basketball again. 78 season. Finished uh, 10th. <laughs> Uh, wins 27 and 55, 27 and 55, no playoffs, right? So from 71 to 78, the Buffalo Braves made the playoffs three times, right? Three times, lost in the conference semifinals, okay? So let's go with the San Diego Clippers. So they became the San Diego Clippers in the 79 season, right? Moved from Buffalo, which, little side note, the owner, Paul Snyder Sr., Basically, and the owner uh, at that time uh, of the Buffalo, not the Buffalo, uh, I'm tripping, the Boston Celtics, the owner of the Boston Celtics at that particular time before he, in like 78, I think, they basically made a deal where the uh, Paul Snyder would become the owner of the Boston Celtics. And then I believe, um, what was his name? Uh, crap, I had his name. Yeah, so essentially, I had his name written down, but I'll find it for you. Uh, and they switched teams, essentially. And then that Boston Celtics owner became the owner of the Clippers because he lived out in L.A. So he then decided to uh, move the team to San Diego. Did I write the name down? Uh, no, I didn't. Damn it, man. Okay, so that, that's what I found kind of interesting. So I didn't know owners or, or people can say, hey. I'll take over your team. You take over my team. We'll switch it over like that. And then I'm moving the team out to um, San Diego. So they come to San Diego Clippers. It's very fascinating. I was very fascinated by that. <clears throat> but let's go back into it. So the 78 and 79 season. 
So when the San Diego Clippers first, and they're playing in the West, right? Finished seventh. Record was 43 and 39. So, okay. Um, the 80, year eight, uh, 1980, uh, Western Conference finished seventh again, uh, 35 and 47, right? Under 500 basketball. 81 season, finished ninth, 36 and 46, okay? 82, finished 12th. 17 wins and 65 losses, okay? 83, finished 11th, 25 wins and 57 losses. 83, 84, 30 wins, 52 losses, okay? Never made the playoffs. As the San Diego, the San Diego Clippers never even smelt the playoffs, never even touched them, okay? Let's go into when they became the LA Clippers, right? 84, 85 season, as you can see, the birth of the LA Clippers was my birth year. Finished 11th, 31 and 51, under 500 basketball. 86 season. Finished 10th, 32 and 50. 87, 12th, 12 and 70. Okay. 88, 17 wins, 65 losses. 89. 21 wins, 61 losses. 1990, 30 wins, 52 losses. 91, we got one more win. 31 wins, 51 losses. 92, we finish seventh. We finish seventh, okay? That places fifth. We finish with 45 wins, 37 losses. Lost in the first round to the Jazz, two and three. The next year, 92, 93, Finished seventh again, 41 and 41 was our record. Lost in the first round to the Rockets, two and three, okay? 94, our record, 27 and 55. 95, our record, 17 and 65. 96, 29 and 53. 97, 36 and 46. Okay, hold on. 98, 17 wins, 65 losses. The 99 season, not, and this was the lockout. This was the year of the lockout. So not a lot of games were played. Uh, nine wins, 41 losses. During an NBA lockout season of 99, there was nine wins, 41 losses for the Clippers. Boy, do I remember that year of 1999. Wow. 2000, 15 wins, 67 losses. 2001, 31 wins, 51 losses. 2002, 39 wins, 43 losses. 2003, 27 wins, 55 losses. 2004, 28 wins, 54 losses. 2005, 37 wins, 45 losses. Okay. 2006, finished sixth. Okay, 47 wins, 35 losses. Won the first round against the Nuggets, 4-1. Lost in the conference semifinals against the Suns, 3-4. Yeah. Yeah. 
2007, 40 wins, 42 losses. 2008, 23 wins, 59 losses. 2009, this was DeAndre Jordan's rookie year, I believe. And 19 wins, 63 losses. And I remember that year too. Good old 2009. And that's what, it was like 10 years. That's, that's what I was like, man, 10 years ago, we won nine games. 10 years from that date, we are at 19. Hmm. And I was just like, ugh, man. At least we got DeAndre. <laughs> uh, 2010, 29 wins, 53 losses. Uh, 2011, that's when we got Blake Griffin. He was rookie of the year this year. Uh, we got 32 wins, 50 losses. <clears throat> 2011, tw- excuse me, 2012, uh, we got 40 wins, 26 losses. Won the first round against the Grizzlies, 4-3. Lost the conference semifinals against the Spurs, 0-4. Yep, that was a, that was a hard one, 0-4. Didn't even get one game in there. Uh 2013, 56 and 26, right? We were first in the Pacific, lost in the first round to the Grizzlies 2-4. 2014, first as well, 57 wins, 25 losses, won in the first round against the Warriors, lost the conference semifinals against the Thunder. 2015, 56 and 26, won the first round against the Spurs 4-3. Remember that amazing game seven? Lost the conference semifinals against the uh, Rockets, 3-4. That's when Chris Paul was out with the injured calf or thigh, I believe. And he was limping like crazy. 2016. Last year. This past year. Lost in the first round to the Trailblazers, 2-4. The Clippers have made the playoffs... A total of one, two, three, four. Twelve times. They've been here since 1970, and they've been in the playoffs 12 times. 12 times. Anyone looking to just complain about they need to get out the second round? Out of all the years I watched the Clippers, I didn't even know if they were going to make it to a round. I'm not looking at the last five years in a vacuum and expecting something to come out of it because all of a sudden someone said pressure. There's no pressure to win. There's no pressure on this squad to win. It takes everything, and that's the very much damn truth. It does not take uh, just to make your shots or no. It takes a whole lot more. There's so much more that goes into that. Out of the inception, since the beginning inception of the Los Angeles Clippers, they've been there 12 freaking times. since. I'm, and I'm kind of since the Buffalo Braves, Braves. Since they were the L.A. Clippers, one, two, three, four, five, Six, seven, eight, nine, nine times. Since 1984, they've only been in the playoffs nine times. 
That's 30 years. That's 30 years. And they've only been in the playoffs nine times. With a, and that's not every this last nine years. That's like sprinkled throughout. We've literally, since Doc Rivers, since like the last year of Vinny Del Negro, and then like the every year for Doc Rivers, we've been in the freaking playoffs consistently. For We've had a winning record. Matter of fact, here, since... Since so many people complain about Doc freaking Rivers as if like he's this bad coach. 600 basketball. We've been playing basically averaging 600 basketball since he came in, which is what you would want to do. Right. You don't have the you don't have a, a team like the Spurs. You don't have something like the Warriors. You have what you have. So being able to maintain what we've had is an accomplishment in itself. For the last 30 years, we could not do that. For the last 30 years, you couldn't even, you didn't, you were not even saying Clippers playoffs. Those two words didn't even come together in a sentence. You weren't saying, man, Blake Griffin, Clippers. You weren't saying Chris Paul, you weren't even acknowledging these types of great players as Clippers. Now you have a conversation with them being in a hall of freaking fame and they may be able to retire as a Clipper and they may be even better that they retire as a winning championship with the Clippers. And now you got people want to say because it's been five years that all they should have done something. No, they should. They've done what they had to do. And there were other better teams. What, 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 what about that does not come through to some people? Yeah, I wanted the Clippers to win as bad as anybody. But I also knew that, you know what? After how many years of seeing them not even be this close? Like, I, I'll take it. Because I know that. Next year can be different. Next year will be this. Next year will probably win. Next year will probably get further. I don't know. But it, some things don't cut your way. And if a player gets injured, then that does affect it. Right? It affects everything. If, if you get injured, if, if things, things have, you have to have a bit of luck. You have to have a bit of things go your way. You have to play right. You have to make your shots. You have to play your, like everything goes into this. It's a recipe. It's an equation. It's not it's not just getting to this one place and then that's it. You don't just walk in a restaurant and just say, oh, yeah, I'm here. Take my hand and sit me down. Put food in my mouth because all I had to do was come here. All I had to do was just get here. And then then what? You still got to do more than that. You're not done. So this notion that people have that the Clippers just need to get to the out the second round. No. Maybe you need to just stop trying to act like the second round, getting out the second round, is actually winning something. Maybe you need to start acting like that. Maybe not the Clippers don't need to just get out the second round. Maybe that everyone is trying to get to that one round, which is the finals. That if they're not getting to the finals, that should be the question. Are they getting to the finals? Well, they need you out the second round. No, they don't. They need, are they getting to the finals? The second round is in what? Then you still got to play seven games and then another seven. So talking about worrying about this because what's people's misconception? Well, at least they got there. Then you now you, let's break up the team because now everyone wants to break up the team and take every player off the Clippers. Now, do let's do a whole new rebuild. Like why? We've already had to rebuild. We did that. We've rebuilt. Now when we rebuilt, you want to tear it the freak down when you barely been living in it for five years? It's like we've spent all these years rebuilding. Finally got the old owner out. 
got a new owner, someone who's willing to invest, someone who's willing to pay Blake to keep Blake Griffin and CP3. And we have people outside of the Clippers saying, no, no, no. You trade Chris Paul. You trade Blake Griffin. And you see what you can get for DeAndre Jordan or excuse me, for a Jamal Crawford and like a J.J. Redick in a package. And then you get some pieces and some draft picks. And then that's where you see where you can go. Yeah, that's what you do, Clippers. You you tear everything down, and then you do it again. And then in five years, when we pay attention to you, we'll say, well, you haven't done anything. Tear it all down again. Do this, and then we'll see what you've done in five years. We'll come back to you. We have Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant and LeBron James to worry about. But we'll come back to you. We'll see if we can need to rebuild you again. When you're not rebuilding this team to win it, you just may be rebuilding the team just so you can have something there as like, well, yeah, you can go through that team. They're, they're, they're rebuilding. Don't worry about it. Well, how long are they going to be rebuilding? doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We have, we have this other player to talk about. Why are we concerning ourselves with the team? This is the SHIT I deal with as a Clippers fan for years. And probably any, every other fan deals with, really. Especially if you're dealing with a, a Pelicans. If you're a Pelicans fan, yeah, you're probably dealing with this all the time. If you're a, a Detroit fan, oh, yeah, you're probably dealing with this all the time. You're not dealing with this as a Warriors fan. No, nah, no, nah, you're not dealing with this. The most Warriors have to, fans have to worry about is whether or not Steph Curry's going to sign a max deal or not. He, he's not leaving. Steph Curry's not leaving. Nah. That squad is intact, right? They, they've established who they are. They have their identity, Right. And now it's up to us to do the same. The Spurs have an identity. Warriors have an identity. The Cavs don't have an identity. I don't understand this notion where everyone wants to keep giving the Cavs this. I mean, I get the East, but here's the thing. LeBron James, yeah, he has an identity. Kyrie Irving, yeah, okay. Everyone else, no. There's no identity with that team. There's no There's no. There's no overall theme. There's nothing with that team that you can point pinpoint to and say, oh, no, it's it's a it's like with the heat. It's like there's no there's nothing you can really say. Oh, OK, it's that team. They're the Cavs. It's the like there's no reverence with it. It's just LeBron James. It's like if LeBron James went on it, it wouldn't be the Cavs. Like it like if you don't have Tim Duncan on the Spurs, it's still the Spurs. And people say, oh, well, yeah, it's Greg Popovich. It doesn't matter. It's the system. Greg Popovich cannot be coaching tomorrow. You can put another coach in there. It's because the assistant coaches and the coaches and the staff in the back office, this is their system of the Spurs organization. That's what you have. So now you have a Spurs organization. Just like Lakers have an organization. It's like Boston has an organization, right? Because it's a lore. Boston has been here forever. Lakers have been here forever. Spurs really haven't. So they're one of the ones where you can say, okay, came around in a mid 90s early to mid 90s and now look at them established dominance you know they got five rings and five championships under their belt which is pretty damn good you know they got a a two-peat a, a, a wait a two-peat do they have a spurs have a two-peat no spurs don't have a two-peat do they no they have like sporadic wins it's like one win here another one two more years later another one three years later another one four years later another one a year later like that's how their wins are so yeah but the, the establishment of a, a great organization is, is needed. Like the Warriors, it's the Warriors. You know, you got Klay Thompson. It's, it's Joe Lacob. It's Jerry West in the back office. You got 
Steph Curry on the field. You got KD. You got Draymond Green. It's the Warriors. You know, it's that's what I mean. I don't see that with the Cavs. I see that you have LeBron James, and you're relying heavily. You're going. You basically have to rely on LeBron James. Because the thing is, a lot of those players fall back into their old tendencies. A lot, like a lot of players do. Like for instance, when you see um, uh, the the Thunder, right? You you see Russell Westbrook averaging crazy numbers, like we talked about earlier. But you can see you can say in one of those games or in a few of those games actually, he didn't average any assists in the last in the fourth quarter. Like all those really came early on, but in the last twelve minutes, he didn't average any assists. He kind of just went back to his old ways of I got to do this on my own. You know, hey. Kobe Bryant says, get him off the glass, so you got to get him off the Like, that's how that kind of usually happens. So it's in a vacuum, Russell Westbrook's having a triple-double. Not looking at it in that perspective, it's, man, like, he's doing a whole lot, and it's not going to be able to be sustained. And will they be able to make the playoffs, or will he get MVP? I don't know. It's it's really kind of all up in the air right now. still too early to tell. But that's what I'm kind of referring to. I mean, I think that with Russell Westbrook staying in Thunder and staying in, staying in Oklahoma, that's helping them begin to establish an identity, right? That that's what you kind of want. You're not trying to trade your great players. Like, yeah, you had to get rid of Ibaka. You had Kevin Durant left, but you still got West, Russell Westbrook out of it. So that's, you know, you can build around that. You can definitely build around that. Like, you don't want to trade Blake Griffin. You don't want to trade a CP3. It's, you you damn sure ain't trying to trade it. A Blake Griffin or CP3, because one, it, it's opened up the Clippers' offense. It's allowed us to have an we. People are actually talking about the Clippers' offense. This is not an anomaly. This is not nothing crazy. This is because we've had Chris Paul, we've had JJ Redick, we've had Blake Griffin, we've had DeAndre Jordan, we've had Joe, uh, Jamal Crawford. Like we've had these things. I mean, it, even the coaches staff with Lawrence Frank, Brendan Con, like everybody man like armin hill like uh like woody mike woodson like everybody doc like everybody is responsible for the way the clippers are playing great and and the basketball iq and the development and everything like there's it's not the old clippers anymore it's not this it's not this this ain't your daddy's clippers anymore this ain't your clippers from the 90s this ain't your clippers from the 2000s this ain't your clippers from the 80s you know this is a whole new this is a whole new everything, right? New logo, new new freaking mascot, new everything. This is the second mascot the Clippers have had. The first one was like this weird cowboy, cowboy looking guy, right? It was crazy, craziness, right? Chuck the Condor is actually way better. I I mess with Chuck. Chuck is cool. People was ragging on Chuck. Oh my God, why do you have a mascot? I don't get it. Clippers mascot. Like it was just like people wanted to jump on that train of bashing it when it's like really. Are you really trying to bash the Clippers for having a mascot when I can point around the league, the league, and how many other crazy ass mascots do I see? And all y'all be like, oh, it's okay. Well, yeah, like the Orlando Magic mascot. What the hell is that? But no one says anything. No one says anything about that weird Muppet monster looking thing. That's fine. Aaron Gordon could take a, a dunk off this guy's hand spin around on some freaking hoverboard but no a condor in a clippers 213 wearing red chucks that bothers people to their core get over yourself y'all it ain't that serious people liking or not liking the new logo guess what it's better than the old logo that 
you know, that old racist guy had. So, yeah, I'll take this logo over that one any day. I mean, I rock with the old logo. I still have my old Clippers hats and old Clippers shirts. I rock it, but I'm not tripping on us having a new logo. I'm not tripping on us like, like, for instance, I love the fact, the fact that we have black jerseys. I love the fact that the Clippers decided to have those as their away jerseys. Damn those red ones. Damn those blue ones. The hell, the hell are those? No, you have your, your white home jersey and you have your black away jersey. Those are your fucking, like, that's what I want. Now, that's what, we're, we're changing the culture of the Clippers now. You, in, in a 18, 20, 30 years, I never would have thought the Clippers had black jerseys. Never. Ne- there's no, what color, where? But then when I saw them, I was like, oh, I like these black jerseys on the Clippers. I do. Because it, it, they like them. They, they like them so much, they made it their away jerseys. The team said, no, these are our new away jerseys. Boom. You, yeah, they do that. That that that's what I like about it. You got every other team like changing their color scheme, like they're at freaking Lowe's or something, and Bed Bath and Beyond, and it's like yeah, and everyone wants to give us crap or heat. Look, at the end of the day, I am a diehard Los Angeles Clippers fan. Period. I love my team. I love the city. I love everything about them. I. Would love, love to win that Larry O'Brien trophy this year. I would love it. But I know we have to earn it. Just like the way we've been losing. We didn't, we earned these damn losses because we didn't take no one seriously. We didn't take ourselves seriously. We, we've been lollygagging. We, we, we lost sight of what the real ultimate goal is. It's that damn Larry O'Brien trophy. That's what I want. That's what they want. That's what we need to earn. Damn everything else. I don't give a damn about Western Conference. I don't give a damn about playoff making. I want that freaking trophy to say Los Angeles Clippers. I want the Clippers to be holding up that trophy. I want Doc to get a second ring. I want Paul Pierce to get two rings and and be like, I I came back. I got two rings. I brought a, I got a championship for the city of Inglewood. Because guess what? You ain't going to see a lot of people in that parade for the Clippers, but you will see the fans out there, right? You, they're going to have something special for Clippers fans. I know they are. Because like I said, I'm a season ticket holder now. As a season ticket holder, there are so many dope things that I didn't know, which every season ticket holder probably experiences with their squad, like, it, it, that are not a regular season, that a regular ticket holder may experience. So I'm pretty sure I'm speaking to the, the choir when it comes to the, the perks that most people would get in, in regard to uh, just – the the after the basketball experience of the Clippers, like going to their facility and being able to play ball or, you know, going to some dinners or going to some charity events or, you know, just anything. It's just like, man, like this is pretty damn cool. So I love my squad and I, I am supporting them. I'm going to support them tonight when we play the Cavs, you know, so everyone, you need to tune in, go. I know. Oh, my God. I already know the hate, the LeBron James. I got my brother already. I already know he's going to be watching and talking crap I, trust trust i'm already ready for it i'm ready i got my clipper shield i'm ready but i just want everyone to know that i am so grateful for everyone who's been listening everyone who's been liking everyone who's been downloading 
I have seen the downloads and I am so thankful to every single one of you truly from the bottom of my heart. I really I do this for me and I do this for you. And I'm thankful that you find me interesting enough to listen to my crazy behind. But you know what time it is, y'all. I'm out of here. Like is we've had a long, 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 long podcast. You know, I'm I'm wiped. I'm tired. But you know what? That's what I do. I do it for y'all. I love you. Thank you so much. Be sure to subscribe and like to the NBA Lounge podcast, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher. You know where we are, man. This is the NBA Lounge podcast. Same NBA Lounge podcast channel. Same NBA Lounge podcast time. Same NBA Lounge podcast, man. Peace. Peace.